Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to After Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin. Except no substitute. Good morning, dear listeners. Welcome to Afton Millwall. My name is Nick Hart. Joining me at the end of what has been, feels like a bit of a momentous week in Millwall history, is our Mill, own, very own Millwall uh, historian, custodian of, 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 the, of the books. It's Mr. Neil Fizzler. How are you, mate? Not too bad, Nick. Not too bad. Another tumultuous week in Millwall history, as if we haven't had enough of them recently. <laughs> That's all we ever do. <laughs> It feels like it's been a momentous week, Neil, and I don't know if I'm overcooking it, mate. It was one of the first things I wanted to to um, to well to get your view on, really, because it's been um, a week where obviously we've we've heard from Joe Edwards a fairly long twenty six twenty seven minute video on the on the club's site, which has been um, quite an interesting conversation, quite a nice video. We'll come back to that in a moment, but also another video with our new. Chairman James Berrison, Jimmy Berrison. Um, again, less not, not as long, but um, equally as interesting and, and insightful into him as a man. And finally, um, a long piece, long read from Steve Kavanagh, chief exec on the club website with various elements, a lot in that as well. So I've got quite a bit to chew over this on this show, Neil, you and me. Um, and you're also um, missing Alex Aldridge speaks. Yes, 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 he has. Yes, um, our new director of football. Um, he speaks, that's right. He, he, well, he's certainly uh, acquiring, acquired a public profile in an official capacity. He always had a public profile in the past, but now he is speaking as Mill's director of football. Um, so, yes, it has been, it feels like a week of change somehow, Neil. Do you see it that way? What a week to be alive if you're a Millwall fan. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a week to be a podcaster. Because, yes. because for once, there is plenty. Yes, there is. And plenty for us to mull over. Yeah, I know that we put these shows out <laughs> semi-regularly yeah but they were regularly but it would just get into a stage I think where we were just discussing the same stuff week in week out and trying to put another slant on it okay at Millwall that probably happens quite a lot yeah yeah well we're going to get rid of Gary Rowett yeah Rowett ball is his football shit and all of this lot yeah and but for once, <laughs> we've got some meat. We've got some meat in our sandwich. Sometimes, I mean, I'll confess to you, listeners, uh, as Neil's 
put it so well there, we were scratching out a bit of a show sometimes, weren't we? Yeah, well, sometimes, yeah, well, we were looking at each other because we're doing this on StreamYard for those people. Yeah, don't yeah. Know. And uh, we'd kind of get to half an hour. <laughs> you would feel as if the conversation is starting to run aground, and then we'd eke another 25, 30 minutes out of it, and we'd come off and we'd, how the hell did we do that? And we just for your entertainment, dear listeners. That's I mean, I must admit, there's nothing to match the the sense of dying on your feet about you know a way into a, a short way into a podcast where you think you're going to do fifty minutes and you find yourself dying for something to say after twenty. Um, before we get into the meat of the sandwich, Neil, we we, we must cover our pundit question, our pundit games question. I, um, I like to try and get this in every show. It's a terrific ball game. We are partnered up with pundit games this season, listeners. Every sale of this board game, football quiz game, helps benefit the Lions Food Hub, which is the, the point and purpose of us doing the show fundamentally. And we try and tease you to buy a quiz game for the football head in your life each show by giving you a little taster question of the kind of um, genres and, and subject matters that, uh, that that you can find in it. So you answer five questions, score a goal and, and um, play for a certain period of time, defeat your opponent. So I've got a little teaser question. I'll answer at the end of today's show, once we've um, got through our fairly extensive agenda today. This is an English national team question. I think it's fairly straightforward for any gentleman of a certain age, Neil. Yeah, as soon as you mentioned England's team, my heart dropped. <laughs> well, this is, this is from an era where I think most of our listeners will remember, that, um, not like the, the Southgate era, perhaps anyway, an English national team. Um, as they put it, he's the most decorated Englishman in domestic football abroad. So he's, he's won his medals abroad, listeners. He's a midfielder. He never reached his full potential for the national side. He had a good Euro 96. It was followed by a, a bit part World Cup 1998 in France. But his Euro 2000 tournament was cut short, sadly, due to injury. Um, I think as soon as I read out the clubs, you're going to get it, listeners. 1990 to 1999, Liverpool. 272 appearances, 46 goals for the uh, for the Scousers. Real Madrid, 1999-2003, which is where he would have won his medals, of course. Not at Liverpool. 94 appearances, 8 goals for, for the uh, the Galacticos. They still were that then. And um, I've forgotten he played for Manchester City, 2003-5. to 5, 35 appearances for Man City. Um, and 37 caps for his country, England. And three goals, 1994-2001. Answer, if you haven't got it already, listeners, at the end of today's show. So uh, if you know it already, then um, you can probably switch off now if you don't want to listen to the rest of Neil and I rabbiting away about this momentous week. Now, let's, let's start off with um, the Joe Edwards revolution. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm going to call it now. I'm going to call it the Joe Edwards re- revolution. Um, really interesting video on the club website. I know you've had a chance to have a quick look at it. Now, I've watched the whole the whole spiel he speaks well this this guy doesn't he? he's a young guy and he's clearly versed in modern football he comes over very very well i think how did you see him uh first mistake i think was the club putting it behind a paywall mm. which i think they quickly recognized was a mistake and they rectified it yeah. uh, i think in this situation you want to get the message out to the masses as quickly as you can we don't have wall-to-wall coverage of Millwall on woke sports news or <laughs> or any other um, platform. So 
I think it was quite important that they got the message out. They recognised that they got it wrong. I can see why they did it. Yeah, they want yeah. to drive people to Millwall Plus. The Millwall TV Plus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I can see why they did it. But when you're not getting wall-to-wall media, you want to generate as much coverage of something this positive as you can. And they... Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, they rectified it. I think that's... To be fair, hands up in the air. They admitted it immediately. They rectified it immediately. So that's not... Fair play. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, What did I make to his interview? Uh... He speaks well, as you said. Very, yeah, very does. impressed. It, it wasn't word salad, uh, phrase salad, whatever you want to call it, coach speak. He said he spoke in a language that I wasn't bored after 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can see that he's got a great football knowledge. Yep. You can see that immediately. I think he's one of these new breed of people that that he's decided to make his career coaching and he's made that quite early on. Yeah. And that comes through. In many ways, like I decided I want to be a journalist, you decided you maybe wanted to work in housing or whatever you did before that. He has decided, okay, I'm not going to reach the top in football as a player. So I want to be a coach. Single-minded determination is to become a coach. And that comes through. He speaks well. He's obviously had a little bit of media training, probably at Chelsea. That comes through. But he's very different to Gary Rowett. He is. Many respects. I liked what I had to hear. I've got to be honest. I I listened to it. In fact, I should actually have listened to it earlier in the week, but I've been busy uh, with one or two books that you might have heard done. Well, we may be mentioning those books later on in this very show. Then. So I've been busy trying to get one or two more of them out. So I completely forgot to listen to it. So I've watched, I think, the first 20 minutes of it. Yeah, it's a long... It's a 20, 27 minutes, yeah. 26 uh, minutes. But he... He speaks well. He comes across well. And if he coaches as well, I think we've done all right here. There was a few there was a few points that we'll obviously come on to talk about. And the key point is I think he was headhunted. From what he said uh in his interview, uh he said that Alex Aldridge phoned him. Hmm. Yeah, I picked up on that. Yeah. yeah, which I found very, very interesting. So he was somebody that the club obviously thought could do a job. He wasn't coming to the club no. and saying, begging for the job. The club of... I was actually impressed with with the proactiveness of Alex Holdridge, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I mean, that that stood out. A couple of things stood out for me. One is his communication skills, which is a hackneyed phrase. You hear it in all walks of life now, but you certainly know it by someone who's got it and someone when they're going through the motions. And 
as much as um, Gary Rao was also media trained, he's now doing um, turns for um, Sky Sports and and did before us and, and will carry on doing so. But I, I found some of his stuff a little bit repetitive and, as as you put it, um, rather uh, jargon feel, but cliched rather. A journey yeah. and things like it. With, yeah. You you start to hear it over and over. Now we may yet have a time to get a little bit tired of Joe Edwards. Is um, you know we all have our cliches, listeners, even me, if you can believe that. Um, but no, I, I I thought you know first thing with any any uh, coach manager whatever title you want to give them there is, I ask myself would would I follow this bloke? Would I if I was in his team? Um, and that can go for any any walk of life, but. Football's is, is is our sport here. Would I follow him? And it's a, it's an instinctive gut answer. Um, many's the many's the time, and I've I've met Holloway. And what I I remember one of the first things that crossed my mind when I met him physically was, I wouldn't trust you an inch. I would would I follow you and in, in, into the so called trenches to to give a, an image. Um, and you probably wouldn't there, but you Joe, you, he gives you every sense that he is is somebody that you would listen to. And that's important for me, either because you want to feel like you are going to learn something and you're going to develop and improve. And that's been very much his, um, you know, his, his uh, unique selling point, so to speak. The other thing that really stood out is the point you've just made about how we've clearly gone to him. Uh, he makes the point that he was he was working for the English team, the under twenties, I think it was, and he was happy there. So he had no need, he had no desire particularly to go into regular club management but we've clearly gone to him with Millwall as a as a as a prospect project clearly there's a desire in the club to change where we've where we are at the moment and and you know we've made the point a few times Neil on this show and I'm thinking back most recently to games at Watford and Southampton last last Saturday where we're just giving the ball back to the opponents who hold it for long periods of time and then we get the ball we don't use it right and we give it straight back to the the yellow shirt, the red shirt, whatever it may be. That's got to change. And I think the reason that Joe's come in is with that in mind and to take the squad as it is at the moment and work with it. We can make gradual changes, but we've got to somehow get our players more comfortable with the football. And I, I was really quite um, intrigued by that by that by that idea because we, we you know we've it's been something that's been we've been crying out for it's, it's been a clear need at the club for a long time now increasingly this season and at last it's it's refreshing to hear somebody talking that way because that's that's the only way we're going to progress in this division if we're going to survive here we've got we've got to learn how to play that way yeah he said yeah but a couple of things that struck me was he said my football will be different to Gary Rowett mm-hmm. yeah. So it's not going to be as defensive orientated, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think that that's music should be music to all of our yeah, shouldn't I it? think that I think that we always thought that that Rowett set up not to lose as opposed to win. I know it yeah. sounds funny, but he says I want to be proactive and on the front foot with the ball, creating numerous chances. That to me is like. Football pornography, that isn't it? <laughs> the only fans of football. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we are. Yeah, that's quite. Right, I wish I thought of that one. Millwall. You can have it. You can have it. Put it in one of your one of your pieces, mate. Have yeah, it. You know, when Millwall are going to come 
Jim Millwall are going to become the only fans of football. Superb. I think that's what we've been crying out for. That's what we've wanted. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. I think absolutely. We worked with the England under eighteen team, the team that Romain Eze is in. Yeah. So it it it's just an exciting appointment. I think revolution in many respects is the right word for what's happening at Millwall this week. I think we're moving away from the traditional manager runs everything to yep. Joe Edwards is just coaching the team, getting the He's head coach. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Obviously, he'll probably have an input into the youths and the the way that they play, the way that the uh, under-23s play. But the day-to-day detail, that's not in his remit. No, that's going to be given to the likes of Aldrich, yeah. uh, Kavanagh, yeah, they're going uh, to Billy spread it out. Taylor. Yeah. I think that they've gone. They went to some. They've gone to some lengths. I suppose that's one of the questions that arose with these titles. A bit quite clear in this distinction between being head coach and and manager in the traditional sense. Now we you know we've come a long way from the the days of Charlie Hewitt, where he was like a single handed kind of um, Mister Millwall kind of idea. And, and as you say, the game has evolved yeah, into ran now. The whole club. Yeah, but he ran. He ran a whole club. Yeah, answering letters and all sorts of stuff. You know, it was it was um, that's how it used to be. Yeah, he paid people and everything. He 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 basically was a manager of a football team. The trainer did the coaching, but he did yeah. everything else. He was the chief executive, the marketing manager, the 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 souvenir guy, the guy that organised the catering. And the referee for the weekend, he oversaw yeah. everything. But now Joe Edwards is just going to purely be focused head, on the coach. Yeah, head, head coach. There's an interesting interview actually with Zian Fleming, who speaks he speaks English better than a lot of English people know. Actually, when, when you listen to Zian, often do, don't they? Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only foreigners grasp the English language <laughs> certainly better than mine and Harry's. Well, my, my, my Dutch is not up to par, I'll tell you that much. Um, but anyway, he, he was speaking about um, the system abroad, obviously he's come from the Dutch the Dutch school of football and there it's quite normal for there to be a head coach who, as I understand it, is how uh, Joe Edwards is going to work at the Den, focus purely on, on footballing matters. I'm, I'm going to guess that Joe may have... Um, you know, if he wants a player, he's going to let the likes of Alex Aldrich know and and, and whoever I would like X, um, or he may just say something as much as um, I would like a certain type of player, and he'll go find me a you know a Dutch a Dutch midfielder who can uh, you know go go past people like they're not there that kind of idea. So I think it's the division of, of responsibilities can be purely focused on football. Clearly, it seems to be his, his talent. There's been a few. Um, photography and, and the video shots of, of the players training this week and you can't tell much from that but it does look like it's um, looks like a happier <laughs> a happier place perhaps than it's been in recent times um, obviously the proof of the pudding will come at Hillsborough on, on Saturday the first first game 1500 going up there on Saturday so it's clearly um, Electrified the mill support mill. Given that it's not been a great season so far, I'd take fifteen hundred up to one of the great grounds, Shefford Wednesday. But with this added buzz of um, the beginning of a new 
Millwall, new revolution, I think is it's really exciting times. I, I feel quite buzzed at the end of end of this week. Yeah, Alex Aldridge actually uh, addressed the 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 issue of uh, will Joe Edwards have a say in transfers in the Southampton press this week. He said, uh, if you take recruitment as an example, then that will be myself, the recruitment department. I didn't even know we had the recruitment department. No, who knew? Who knew? I it you and, uh, yeah, you and football manager, but sorry. <laughs> as long as he's not Lurch. <laughs> it's probably about the only thing he doesn't do. Uh, doing the coaching staff, working absolutely hand in hand to find players that will make us better. Uh, there are clubs that operate where they sign players and the head coach gets on with it. I don't think that works. Likewise, I don't think it works when the manager has a complete say over everything, signs a player and the club just have to get on with it. Then they pick up the pieces if it goes wrong. There is a happy yeah. medium that certainly in the championship, the majority operate with. Uh, and we're no different. I think that's quite refreshing, actually. Uh, there's yeah. nothing worse than if you support a club and the manager's bought in a whole load of his own players. Uh, I know we've had it to a certain extent but with, uh, with Gary Rowett, but I think a lot of those players have left, haven't they? I know that he bought... There's a churn, isn't there? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking some of the players we've seen and even... Yeah, George this Evans week. would have been one, I think he... Michael Keefton, Belgium, remember him? I mean, he was he was like, uh, you know, one of those brief uh, cameo... To a certain extent, he worked with him and I think it was a couple yeah. of... Uh, Ryan Woods from, Woods from Stoke. So... It's dangerous where you give the manager the whole power and then he brings in all of his players, then for whatever reason it doesn't work out and you get rid of him. And uh, you're left with those players. I don't see that at Millwall. Um, no, the impression I've gained from listening, and uh, there, was a, there was a second Joe Edwards in, there's the main one at the start of the week, there's a second one on, on Millwall TV, which is subscription listeners, we'll come back to that in a second actually, so I think it links in with something that um, Steve Cavanaugh says later on, which will, in his in his, in his, um, his, his kind of uh, State of the Union address made, made to us all, but um uh, yeah, I mean, I think the expectation of Joe Edwards with the existing squad is that more is going to be looked for from the existing squad. So you've got the player the likes of Casper de Noor, uh, Zian, and one or two others, I dare say, that are going to be asked to retain the ball, hold it further forwards, take the pressure off the defence was one of the phrases that Joe used. Um, because obviously, as we've seen in recent games, if you keep letting quality sides come at you, um, you finish up conceding. Now, you, you know, it's a very hard job to resist for 90 plus minutes, 95, 98 minutes, whatever it can be now. So clearly it's going to be players in our current squad that he sees as having the capability to do a lot better. And that's interesting because I think he's going to set quite a high bar, actually. I think the expectations are going to go up for some of these these players, some of these the likes of Zian and the ones with the talent that, um, I think Edward sees as having the capability to do better. I think they're going to have to start to indeed do better. And I think that's going to be a good thing for them. 
It'd be a good thing for us. Certainly, if we can hold the ball further down the pitch, Neil, it's going to mean that dear old Murray's going to have a time to take a breath before he's back <laughs> trying to deal with the, the latest wonder kid from Southampton's Youth Academy or whatever it is, you know. Yeah, uh, I, I think there was another phrase that Joe Edwards used, which I think we've all got to be mindful of. Change won't happen overnight. Patience is the attribute you, you refer to, Mr. Fistler. It's something we don't do well. And I guarantee I, that if the, if Sheffield Wednesday score in the first minute tomorrow, everybody will be on Hoff, everybody will be on Twitter, demanding a Joe Edwards I sincerely, genuinely, with all my heart, hope that Millwall fans will be better than that. I, I, I mean, you know, I was a, quite surprised. We did a show the other day, Neil, didn't we? Um, the, the kind of Welcome Joe Edwards, I think I called it. But there was quite quite a few voicemails one way and the other on, on this and the other show that I did where there was some quite a lot of negativity towards the appointment. I, and I struggle with that. I mean, I think you said it right, that it'd be lovely to be a little bit positive about the way the club's going. And that will take time. It's going to take patience. You can't just turn us into... Um, you know, Zizou's Galactico side overnight with the the, the remnants of, of a League One defence and players that have come to us through through very you know through through the Gary Rowett school. So, yeah, but not one dissenting voice isn't with us this morning, young H. And uh, I I did find it deflating. I came off that call on Monday, and I was excited before going on. And then all of a sudden, you listen to... Yeah, it was what we said before we went on air, actually. Mm. We were having a discussion about how other people can subliminally change your opinion or form your opinion by listening to others. And it, it was kind of that, the negativity surrounding Joe Edwards. Uh, I'm not digging H out. But because 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 there were others on those voicemails, as you said. But let's give the guy a chance, yeah? I think everything that I've heard this week says that you can't obviously say it's going to be a brilliant appointment, but your gut feeling is it's going to be a decent appointment. So let's give the guy a chance, yeah? We have to be patient, yeah? We... The defence, as you quite rightly point out, is a League One defence. We've got a goalkeeper who isn't as mobile as he should be. And age is is catching up with Bart. He's he's still got a world-class save to order. But he's got... Like like us all, you know. I mean, you know, everyone's got an error in them, Neil, you know. Um, And and that becomes... I think we have to be patient. Uh, We have to give him this transfer window and the summer transfer window to maybe sort out what he wants, yeah? And to get the fence in order. Because because let's be honest, going forward, our midfield is pretty good. It is. Our attack is pretty good. And I feel that when he says he wants to create numerous chances, that's the one mm. thing that Nisbet has been missing. He's been. Did you pick up on the on the the, the way the, the he said he watched quite a bit of football, Millwall football. Yes. We're talking about listeners. 
um, <clears throat> which I thought was to his credit. You know, clearly uh, um, he knew his subject. So now that may be prep for an interview, but he's clearly done his homework. And that, that reassures me because plenty don't in his life. Um, so, yeah, I mean, create, chance creation and take the pressure off the defence. They were the two main areas. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's music to my ears, Neil. Um, and I hope Nisbet's ears as well, because he's been because he's been wandering around in most yeah. games, either alongside Bradshaw or without Bradshaw, uh, wondering what do I have to do to get a bloody chance at this club? Yeah. I went to um, I went to Asda's Beckton branch yesterday. There was a chap wandering around a car park, looking like Nisbet. Actually, he was he was kind of wandering around, looking lost, um, ch- shouting at, at the clouds. You know. Um, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Achtung, Milwal. How long has it been like that? that our strikers have to create their own chances. They don't get many made no. for them because that was the way that we played our football. Now, when he's saying we're going to create, I want us to create numerous chances, well, then the law of averages are that he's going to take one or two of those. Yeah. Hopefully, Bradshaw takes one or two of those and hopefully... It's happy days because one or two chances taken would have made a big difference to our last two results, Neil. Um, they would have done. Yeah, they would have done. At, yeah, well, all season, really. Yeah, well, in a lot of the games that we've lost or even drawn, chances were yeah. at a premium. And it's just something that it's just happened for too long down at Millwall. No, I'd say get behind him. I mean, what's the what's the alternative, listeners? I mean, we could have had some old sweat that's come in, you know. The, someone Jones bloody preaching to us about the Bible. <laughs> could have done without that. That's for really sure. Um, I mean, you know, there were there were no there were no truly exciting names. There were there were there were journeyman managers that maybe could have done a job, maybe got us up the table a bit, maybe, 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 maybe. Um, I think. 
one thing we've, we've said it before, I'm going to say it again, listeners, I make no apology. One thing that's really always stood out whenever you take any kind of look at the history of our football club from, from the earliest days is we've, we've actually been ambitious. Now, it's not always worked for us. Sometimes it's blown up in our face. This might blow up in our face. We might, it might not work. Um, but as, as someone said online, if you don't roll the dice, you don't win at the table, do you? You know, so I, 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 we, we go to watch Millwall nil to be entertained and hopefully leave the den with a win, a win that's been, that's given us a buzz. And that's what's been missing now for, for some years at the den. I, I generally can't see how anyone can can really dispute the, 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 the throw of the dice here. It, it may not work out, but that's football. You don't win every game, do you? Yeah, the so, only other throw of the dice I would have taken was I was in the camp of Emma Hayes, apparently, according to you, Nick, as I'm woke. <laughs> <laughs> and I was devastated to see that, uh, yeah, but to see that uh, she's gone to the USA, especially when, <laughs> especially when it was announced that she was leaving before Millwall had appointed Joe Ed. Uh, and she's also earning the same money. I this was in. I get the Athletic newsletter. I don't, I don't never read it, but they, they always they, they always get the headlines of the Athletic, and she's earning the same money as the US national men's team coach out there. So she's on the same same dough out there, which. Um, I suppose the market is increasing, especially in the yeah. USA for women's Yeah, football. but we digress um, with a little bit. We do, we do digress. <laughs> um, the other video I wanted to mention just briefly, Neil, is the James Berylson, Jimmy Berylson um, video that was shorter. It was about 13 minutes. Another interview with Max. Well done, Max. It's not easy, Neil, to interview and do it well. And I thought he did He did a good job for both of those interviews because they're, they're two major club interviews. And he, I, I thought he pulled them off well, Max. Um, but the James Berylson interview is a good one. If there's some piece of advice I could give Max, is make your questions shorter, mate. Yeah, don't almost answer your own question. Right. But but you come to James Berylson, Jimmy. Uh, it's unusual we hear one of the Berylson family speak, wasn't it? I know that we mentioned. We spoke well, yeah. We never really heard that much from John, really, yeah, did we? No, I think the club were. My impression was the club <laughs> slightly worried what he might come out with. He <laughs> 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 was a character. I, I, I never spoke to John. I think once the way it was, and I don't. Think yeah. that would probably have fitted in with. <laughs> but to be honest, it was just great to hear. I know we said it on Monday. We need. Jimmy Berylson to come out. I know he stopped short of saying what his vision for the club was, but there were one or two things that that struck me mm. about that interview was he used the word long-term a lot. I picked up on that, yeah. It's almost yeah. a buzzword. Yep. He wanted to reassure people that the family we're in this for the long term. And he used family. He yeah. he he related Millwall to being part of his family. Yeah. Uh, and that they were in it for the long term. And quite interestingly, he said that Millwall started out as an investment for John and but very quickly became an obsession and the greatest love of his life apart from his family. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, that struck me. That's quite something to say, Neil. Yeah, it? and to be honest, 
that's probably how we all feel about Millwall <laughs> to a certain extent. I know that we get the hump, but then again, you get the hump with your family, don't you? That's the <laughs> yeah, but you get a bit lemon with them every now and again. That's why we go to Millwall, mate. Yeah, exactly. um, I suppose it's. I suppose it is. I've never, I haven't thought of it in that way. I suppose when I was twelve years old and I crossed the threshold in Coldblow Lane. I was making an investment because it was a fair old chunk of what little pocket money I had to, to spend. So it was, a, it was a fair investment from a 12-year-old's point of view. Stick plenty of zeros on it. And I suppose it's the same feeling for John Belson because, I mean, none of the Belson family were born into Millwall, were they? I mean, they, they, they come from Boston. So how how could they? But um, I think the love, and he, he expressed it very well, actually. It was, it's quite a touching interview with, um, with, with, with James. And I think that... Yeah, you know, we as we learned over the years with John, his dad, that 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 love was evident. But it's it's clear it's it's made an imprint on on the rest of the family, and I think that's it's quite touching. <laughs> I found it quite moving, actually. Yeah, it was, and you could see that they were moved with the connection between John and the fans, and John and the community. Yeah, he, yeah, they mentioned the community a lot, and it wasn't just Millwall as a football club, but the whole community the staff it was I don't think he seemed comfortable and he was almost nervous at times especially at the start of it he was yeah. shuffling and yeah he warmed he warmed into the yeah. interview uh, he, which is why just going back to Max I mean I, I think you're right about Max's questions to, to shorten them I think you're always going to be better but what I thought Max did well because James did start off with you know he's clearly not used to having the camera pointed at him to, to, to speak in that way but I thought Joe, uh, Max did a good job of warming him into the interview yeah. because that's all going art form, isn't it? Yeah, um, no, it was. It was a very good. It, it was a good interview, and to be honest, yeah, no, you're right. The Joe Edwards interview was top, top notch. <laughs> I thought Joe. I thought Joe was a bit nervy at the start too, Neil. Um, you know, he's, again, he's not. He's not being a profile manager. He's not. He's, he's not a. He's not a Jose Marino where he leads from the front. He's he's always been a backroom guy, and, yeah, and, and he, he he seemed to warm to the role as it or the interview rather as it went along. Yeah, but the good thing was, I think that with Joe, I think that he would have been given some media training, but he would have been largely have done most of his stuff in Hags. And the good yeah. thing is that that interview was in Hags, so it's yeah. not as. Uh, it's not quite as intense as having me, somebody like me, yeah, yeah. machine gunning questions at you because I've got a I've got a story in my head, yeah, and I ask you a question, then I'll probably ask you four follow up questions, yeah, to try to feed off of these points, yeah. yeah. Something going back to Jimmy's interview, he stumbled over one point, and it was something that I picked up on. Right. I'm wondering if uh, if the departure of Mr. Rowe, it wasn't quite as mutual as they are letting on. He he kind of intimated that 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 change was right, that it was the right time for a change, almost as if they had it in their minds to make the change. Well, I wondered that, and I, I, I mean, a, yeah. a couple of things occurred to me. With that. Forget the part of the interview; it was quite early on. Yeah, and I listened to it, and I thought to myself, "Oh, you've just corrected yourself there." 
Well, I think if you if you you know looking at the club from purely as an owner's point of view, because you know we, we we've we've covered the the emotional side of football. It's also a business, and James Berrison is also ultimately the man that writes the check that, or the metaphorically writes the check that underpins it all. So. What's he seen since he's taken taken over this season? He's seen a couple of full houses, which is a rarity in Mill history, which have both gone gone to waste. He's, he's seen a hugely emotional day with a tribute to his dad, and um, you know would have seen the the, the outpouring of, of of love and all the rest of it. But he's also seen a full stadium, um, and then he's seen football that was not matching the the potential of what he's he's got in front of him. So. I think that probably that hard conversation, Neil, would have been something along the lines of we need to change to keep this going on a regular basis. And you're only going to do that with winning football, but attractive attacking football, the kind that he would see on his TV screens in America from England and other other countries. So maybe if that conversation with Gary Rowett, who is what I would call a fairly traditionalist defensive manager from a certain school of football where you're not there to be entertained, boy. You're there to get a win and go home grateful for your 1-0 win. Kind of old, old-fashioned, old um, I don't know, Don Revy type of idea, if you want. It's one that occurs to me. But um, if, if James has sat down and said we need to change to something a little bit more... Um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example, an Angie Postacoglu type of approach, and Gary Rowett probably would say that's not for me, boss. And maybe there starts the um the, the parting of the ways i don't know that's all pure speculation listeners and i'm very good at pure speculation he used another phrase he used quite a lot was the next level yeah next level he mentioned the next level he yeah. mentioned that three four five times and i'm just wondering if they soon came to the realization that gary rowett wasn't the man to take them to the next level and that he'd, in fact, hit a ceiling. Yeah. And uh... I think that's apparent. I mean, James James has been in place since his dad died, and then he's obviously had the fallout of, of the funeral and everything the else. Club. He's been around the club. It's not like he's... Uh, no, no. But he would have had his eyes and ears open then. He's a long-lost member of the family that suddenly... No, no, no. No, he would have soaked it all up. Into yeah. it. He's been yeah. in and around the club. Oh, yeah, well, obviously, as a director, not with any great say, but he would have seen it. It's, I mean, it's it's a refreshing, given that he's only been in the job for a fairly short space of time, a few months, um, he would have seen the football that's been played. He would have seen the way it's all going. And then there's been a parting of the ways. By whatever method, I think it probably was in everyone's interest for it to at least be publicly yeah, I think um, was right. affable. Yeah, but I think that H was right, actually, in the long term, that Rowett had hit the ceiling. Oh, very much, and, yeah. uh, and that we needed to go on. Now then, it's interesting to see that they obviously think that Joe Edwards is the man to take them to the next level. Which, mm. which is an awful, which is an awful lot of pressure to put on a first team or first time head coach. But I, I, I was listening. I mean, obviously Edwards is going to be his own man. But when you consider the situations and the managers that he's worked with at Chelsea, and I suppose at Everton as well. I mean, it's easy to take the piss out of Lampard. But they're pressurized. They're working in pressurized situations. So whether whatever the outcome of the 
man, the manager you're working with, he seems like the kind of guy that's going to look, listen, and absorb what's going on around him. So pressure is yes, of course, but then that's that's football. Any any of the upper levels, it brings pressure with with it. You don't get into it unless you relish that. Um, but I, I do think that he's clearly worked with some top, top names and that can only be to our benefit as a club. I mean, I, I can't think of any manager we've had that's come to us with quite the same, if not proven pedigree in playing uh, managing wise, but certainly the same connection wise. I mean, I, I can't think of anyone new. I don't know if you can, but. Well, George he, would have had to a certain extent, he would have. Jules Graham. He would have played under Venables, Doherty. Uh, yeah, he would have had links playing wise. Not yeah. have almost had Mourinho on speed dial. No. Thomas Tuchel, yeah, one of your Facebook friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite, it's quite a must be quite a contact list. I'd love to see his contact list, wouldn't you? To have Frank Lampard, I know we, but but these are proven winners. In many respects, Lampard was a winner as a player. As a player, yeah, that's right. He, yeah. he did an adequate job at Derby, but I think that was helped out with the fact that he was loaned the likes of Mason Mount and people yeah. like that. Yeah. But the good thing is that Joe Edwards has actually brought Andy Myers in with him, who yeah. was his lone technical manager. Yeah. So. There's a link between the new Chelsea. I know that Joe Edwards was there. I'd actually forgotten that he was there at the end of last season when Lampard had that short spell in charge. Yeah, he came back, didn't he? Came back, yeah. Yeah, towards the end of the season when they got rid of, uh, was it Tuchel, I think? Yeah. Uh, so there is. So hopefully, hopefully he can go on to the old Pals Act in January, and try and find us one or two little gems that would help us out. Maybe a little gem from Thomas Tuchel's Bayern Munich, who aren't doing too badly in, in Germany at the moment. That would be maybe Harry fancies a couple of months over here. <laughs> <laughs> so, all good stuff. I'm genuinely excited, listeners. I hope you are too. I think it's it would be great to get back to some feeling of positivity at the den. Um, you know, it's always easy to look at the downside of everything. And I think as a fan base, sometimes we have um, a tendency to look at the uh, the, the down um, side of anything. And I get why. Don't, you know, I've been going yeah, since 72. Like negative, I think, at Millwall too. But it's, it's wearing, Neil. And I, I, I would love for oh, us to just get a result on Saturday. Let's, let's, let's start the new um, Edwards revolution. But let's not expect too much too soon. Um just want to come on, if I may, Neil, to Steve Kavanagh's missive, um, like a like a papal kind of um, uh, message address. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> written, written. yeah, it's almost like the King's Christmas message, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's 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 written in the language of a um, of an accountant, listeners. But um, if I've got a tip for Steve, you've already given Max a, a tip. My tip for, for for Steve, and I don't know if you'd agree with this, Neil. You've, you've written for. Uh, top papers uh, really is the word in situ very well placed when if you say somebody is in in position then it's probably a much clearer way but anyway just one little i think it's uh I th- it's an accountant's yeah i think it's management speak isn't it <laughs> what it really needed was it it, it needed 
In situ, I like that word. And uh, put it into English. It could have been halved. It could have been halved and got your points across. But anyway, a um, few bits I've picked out from the... To save you reading it, listeners, if you don't want to read it. A um, few thank yous, obviously, to Gary Rower. Adam Barrett's been thanked. I, I just wanted to touch on Barrett, if we can, for a moment, Neil, because um, he's clearly quite well thought of. And I, I noticed Joe Edwards uh, went out of his way to... Um, you know, to support Adam Barrett. He's, he's still part of the staff there, um, which is, you know, some might find surprising, but I, I think it's this link to the squad. It's retaining a familiar face to some level. Do you, How do you see the retention of Adam Barrett? You know, rather than having a clear, a complete clear out, you keep some some element of the old order still in, in, in place, I suppose. Yeah, but there weren't many to get rid of, were there? I think he... I... He's got a shot of Robinson. Yeah, Paul Robinson. I think it's going to be another tight-knit group, isn't it? I yeah. think you're going to see uh, transition coaches and set peats coaches and uh, this coach no. and that coach and the other coach. You're not going to have a throw-in coach and all kinds of stuff at Millwall. I think the, the, you're going to have... Lurch, Lurch's job as cook is, is, is still, <laughs> yeah. it's still safe. <laughs> yeah, but I think you're going to find... Uh, yeah, but I think you're going to find it's just going to be Joe Edwards, Myers... Uh, Ad- and uh, AB, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and Andy Marshall, and uh, yeah, he's still there. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe Marshall. they may. Yeah, well, maybe they might bring Lurch in as a as some kind of transition coach or or some kind of attacking coach. Poor old Lurch. I'm sure he's a nice bloke, but he's just he's become this kind of. Uh, no, I, I think that to come back to the original point. I think he's highly well thought of at the club. And it was something yeah. we, again, we were talking about having your opinions of people almost moulded by the thoughts of others. Yeah. And uh, I think that probably mine to Barrett to a certain extent of he's been around and he's been around for such a long time. And what does he do here? But they obviously like him at the club. They rate him. Well yeah. thought of. The chairman spoke very high. Yeah, James Berylson made a uh, point of mentioning Joe him. Edwards yeah. mentions him. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. Alex Aldridge mentions him a lot. Uh, yeah. Kavanagh mentions him a lot. So he's probably got something about him. And one thing I will say about Adam Barrett is... I thought the football was a lot better under him. You, it's made a start, hasn't it? It was an attempt to change it. Yeah, yeah, you saw it wasn't quite as dull and as boring as it was under Rabbit. At least it was watchable. He, he, yeah, but as you say, he made an attempt to make us more, more of an attacking team. Yeah. And less defensive. So... So I think it's a give yeah, it is what it is. He's staying great, fantastic. It means we don't have to pay him off. <laughs> I think at Millwall, isn't it? Uh, but but we'll let's just see what it brings. Absolutely. So he mentions he meant also thanks Paul Robinson, the the Brummy 
Paul Robinson, who left us this week, as as we've mentioned. And it's a fairly extensive statement. It goes on then to touch on wider football issues. The the government in the King's speech this week has um, confirmed it will bring in this um, the terms of the Tracy Crouch report, which primarily, um, in terms of impact on, on the game, is going to bring in the idea of a football regulator, but it also imposes um, financial restrictions on how clubs can... It's to try and prevent clubs from outstripping with wages, you know, chasing the dream, as the old uh, phrase used to have it. So there's, well, there's going to be the championship because there are certainly there's a lot of clubs in the championship. Uh, yeah, to a certain extent, I think we're one of them. I know we spend more than we bring in. Well, uh, Kevin says Kevin says that we are actually not far off of where the the new regime, as it will be imposed. And I think both Labour and Tory have committed to this. So the government, however long it lasts, will be... Certainly, it looks like Labour will also come with the same proposal. So you're going to get it one way or the other in, in the game. But Kavanaugh makes the point that we're not far off of where the new regime would impose us to be, if that makes any kind of sense, listeners. So, which is interesting. Um, yeah, but he then goes on... To- I think there'll have to be some latitude because you can't say, right, you have to be here. You have to give a certain amount of give and take because it isn't always possible. I'd imagine. Yeah, we're, I'd not, imagine. we're not chasing the dream. Making no, these no, no. Losses. We're just treading water. Well, that's that, That's kind of the point of, of some parts of, of Kavanaugh's statement, Neil, because, as you say, you know, we, we are, we're not chasing the dream in, in that um, spend, spend, spend type of sense. Um, so he then goes on to touch on the, the need to make more money, and that's a paraphrase. He puts it a different way. I can't remember how he put it now. Yeah, that's obvious, isn't it? We need to make more money. We need to make more money. And it, just to go back, I mean, it's a very um, petty thing to, to start, put the new manager's um, uh, video behind a paywall, but I think it comes from this pressure that all of the departments of the club are under now to try to maximise their revenues to justify their their their, their their team and their existence and all the rest of it they changed it so fair play we've touched on that but I think it comes from that initial direction that they want subscriptions to their Mill TV service um, which is a fiver a month listeners and I've, I've actually been thinking a lot about the subscriptions model and I've, I've actually put fiver into the Southwark News because they had some content I wanted to look the other day look at the other day and um, for a five or a month of the Millwall TV service, you get actually quite good extended highlights after a game, which is quite useful when you set yourself up as an amateur hour podcaster because it's quite nice to be able to see the game. With a, you can get the full the full replay of the match, which I don't particularly want to see again, but the, the extended highlights are pretty good. So for what, what you're paying, my point being that um, you're going to get something back for it. And I think that's there's a pressure on all of the... Um, teams at the club, including the football side. Now, one thing that um, Kavanagh makes the point is that Joe Edwards has signed on to this, as he put it, and signed up to this. So I'm going to guess that we're going to get be a bit more canny with our transfer dealings, um, which will be the other side of Alex Aldridge's dealing and dealing. We have to be. We've always, we've said it for years, we've sold players too cheap. Yeah. We've, we've not recruited well. No, we haven't. And we haven't sold right either. No, but we have started. Whatever people can say about young older, and I call him young older because he's considerably younger than me and I've known him <laughs> since it seems yeah. <laughs> for many, many, many years now. Uh, 
we're moving in the right direction. We're buying well. Yeah, we're buying at the right price. We didn't we didn't accept the first offer that came in for Z and Fleming. No, we didn't. No, that's right. And that was probably to the detriment of the first six, seven weeks of the season because he was appalling. Yeah. It was awful. That's not put but he's got back to he's got his head right now and he appears yeah. to be the Z and Fleming that we loved yeah. last season. And we've said it numerous times that now we have to be canny on when we sell him. We have to Which is selling at the right time. And that's the way I read that at piece the right then. right price. Yeah, at the right price. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that they're trying to get their house in. And it's good because we are playing catch-up. We are off a standing start. For too often, Millwall has just meandered along like Millwall. Yeah. Haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. And um, there, there are so many opportunities now. And there's, you have to be more professional in the way that you run things. Which he touches on, and there's linked to fanatics. The yeah, uh, I, it's a massive thing for that. Anyway, it refers to there being problems, and there have been problems. People posted on on, on X, but there don't yeah. seem to have been any progress from the problems. I'd be interested to know uh, what people think. And yeah, you tell us, listeners. I mean, Kavanaugh refers to the problems with fanatics, and he also touches on the fact that they've. The club and fanatics have been working with new personnel. Apparently, there's some some names and changes behind the scenes at, at the club to try and work this out. And I'd be interested to know how that's working out. I, I don't I haven't bought anything from the club shop nor from fanatics, so I, I don't obviously know. But the, we, the expectation or the implied expectation is that the problems will decrease considerably. You'll never get a perfect, you know, no retailer is perfect, but. Um, it should reduce considerably. That's the way that I read. Um, yeah, it should have reduced. Missive. I don't know about it should reduce. They should have reduced. Should they? Should they yeah. They're asses in gear by now. You tell us, listeners, tell us your experience with um, the club shop and fanatics. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to make fun of it, but it's actually a really important revenue stream, you know. Yeah, um, it, it really is. When you're getting, I don't know how many. Th- hundreds of foreign tourists that we attract. It's really striking where I sit, Neil. I've mentioned it many times, how many foreigners are sitting there. Yeah. And I've mentioned it before. They are ripe for pilfering. Their wallets have almost got take me, take me written. Well, they've come to London for a holiday and, you know, Millwall has a a name. You know, it may have have gained that name by... (laughs) <laughs> various methods over the years, but it's got a name, Neil. Isn't it? Whereas we used to have a programme as a memory. Yeah. And and you still pull out a programme now and you think, oh, yeah, no, I remember that game. And name recognition is, yeah. is the key of advertising. I mean, you, you know. They, do is they will buy a shirt or a scarf or, yeah, yeah. or a T-shirt or something to remember their day at Millwall and you can't relieve them of that cash if, if you haven't got the product uh, everything around the ground the match day experience as we mentioned so many times the food the beers 
yeah. that kind of thing. It's improved. It's got better. The entertainment, uh, but we're striving. I just wonder if we're making. Oh, it just frustrates me because I'm still of the belief that we weren't ready for the Premier League, and I wonder if we really wanted to win promotion last year you mean yeah because we knew we weren't ready we aren't ready it would have been embarrassing uh our off the field operation we're not there we're nowhere near there no it seems that every time we get somebody good in they last about six months and or a year and then they're off again uh, so. Some new names, new director of finance, one or two other names, um, behind the scenes stuff, listeners. So nothing that's going to impact us other than hopefully an improved service from the club shop and also fanatics for their online operation, which is key. Because, you know, one thing we're gonna, before we close the show out uh, today, Neil mentioned the, the global nature of the game. It's, you know, our, our sport um, is a global product now everyone watches it around the world it's a quite interesting actually we'll touch on it before we close out today but that 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 fact is not going to not going to change and it, there's no going back to the past he also mentions the the Wigan FA charges um, which we've touched on I don't want to go all over that all, all again but whether we like it or not the the world has moved now on to 20 we're nearly in 2024 it's a different world to 1984 74 when I started going um, we have to move at a time. He we makes have to. that point. He does make that point, and he's right. Yeah. He is right. Like it or not, he's right. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. And that's what I was going to. Oh, yeah, I was going to give you the words right out of my mouth. We have to move with the times. We can't be as much as I hate it. We can't be on PC and. We can't do the things. We can't get away with it. You saw what happened with Luton last yeah. week, how they were hung out to dry because of this so-called tragedy chanting. They will hang it. They will hang out the smaller club, and you know they don't come, don't come much tasted and will to be hung out to dry, Neil. Do they? So and that's what happened over this Wigan stuff. Yeah, and from what I can see, it was six of one half a dozen of another. It was provoked. We don't have to act as football's policeman, football's conscience. Yeah, <laughs> That's a good way to put it. I yeah. we, uh, the world's moved on. The next one is you take it up the ass when somebody. That's going to be. That's going to. That's going to come. We're going to come a cropper on that. But we, we've got to find other ways to follow the uh, support the club. I mean, some of humour. I can picture the responses to this, this Neil. I can picture it all now, but it's it's a fact of life. And um, you might not like it, listeners. Some might wish it was still 1974, and that's fine. But we're here, whether we like it or not. And we, so, something's got to change because um, we all want the same thing, which is the well-being of our club, Millwall. Yeah, I think that, I think that they do stand behind us. At times, they criticise us at the wrong times, I think. Mm. But I think we have to accept that we have to behave a little bit differently. Find different ways, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's not that stupid song about as shit must you be, we're willing away. Let's, let's not be doing that anymore. <laughs> I just hate that song. 
That's nothing to do with anything. I thought I'd just include that along the way. The thing is that Millwall haven't gone down the identical fan no, uh, no. avenue no. That, we, no. that we can still have our own identity. We don't have to sing the generic Alle, Alle, Alle nonsense. The Football League we go, which is what the South, I was doing the poppy at the Southampton. I thought, Jesus, I'm so happy we, we don't sing all that, Tosh. You know? Yeah, we'll never play you again and all of that. Yeah. And all, that was Charlton, wasn't it? Yeah, and all of the other songs that every other club sings. Millwall aren't like that. We have got our own identity. We can keep our own identity. We just need to lose one or two of the <laughs> of, <laughs> the rougher edges, the more Millwall ways. <laughs> Let's talk about some seasons to remember, Neil. We're coming to the close of the conversation now. We've been going for an hour, listeners. Wow. Um, Neil, you've been a busy boy. You've been putting out some some really nice-looking accounts of the 64-65 season, a favourite of mine, 75-76 and 87-88, um, all available on Merv's victorpublishing.co.uk site. There's, these look fantastic pieces of work, mate. I just want to say well done to you for doing that. Yeah, thanks, mate. Uh, we've got, funnily enough, we've got some more to come. More? Lucky, lucky people. I tell you what, Millwall might not be uh, <laughs> in a position to relieve you your Christmas cash, but Neil certain... Uh, Fizzler is. <laughs> yeah, well, Fizzler and Merv certainly are. No, uh, what we've done, uh, what we're doing is, is I've written... Uh, 1989-90. Which okay, the first division season, yeah. The first, yeah. first division season. Yeah. And I'm also doing 84-85, which is almost done. The George Graham season. George Graham season. Yeah. These were just... Uh, these were just uh, I had the idea about 10, 15 years ago. And wrote, it's not only Millwall that I've done, I've done about 30 clubs. I've done right, okay, okay, five seasons because it was a business idea that I had many years ago and uh got promoted or I or mm. took on more stuff at the Express to do with football, and they were kind of put on an external archive <laughs> as you do and uh forgotten about, and uh, I discovered them a few. Weeks ago, I said to Merv, "Do you think these would would they work? They're good." And uh, Merv's stuff on his site is brilliant. Listeners, have a look at VictorPublishing.co.uk. You can find Neil's um, latest works on there, which look really brilliant. We're going to do a podcast about we these are books. trying to wing some down to you, Nicholas. Uh, yes, and I'll have a, I'll have a uh, yeah, but, little look at them. Yeah, but it requires Mister Bezos to pull his bloody finger out and actually uh, you would get them down to you but they are on the way and once they're on the way well, we can talk something out next week probably yeah no i'm really looking forward to talking about all of those books listeners so 64 65 76 which is my favorite season then we've got 87 88 neil and as neil said others others to come so um uh, seasons to remember let's check those out on victorpublishing.co.uk I'm also putting together my Acton calendar, listeners. There's more news on that will come soon. Oh, the Acton calendar. I'll tell you what, the Acton calendar. 
is <laughs> Christmas as the John Lewis advert, isn't it? It is. It's, I should do an advert for it, maybe a TikTok. Yeah, but there's actually more thought goes into the Acton calendar. <laughs> We're trying to, I'm trying to have a theme, and this campaign that will, yeah, well, this this year's theme is going to be my choice, listeners, of players of the season since the move to the new stadium in. Not a new stadium, the, the then in 1993. Oh, so, that's a good thought, actually, Nick. I was, yeah. oh, I was so there's, wondering if you'd run out of uh, ideas or... That's because I always tap Neil up for ideas, Neil. Uh, the listeners, when when, um, when I run out of ideas, I go looking in the Fizzler idea machine. Um, but no, I came up with one, an original one, um, which is uh, good for me. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be players of the season, my choice of uh, players of the season since 1993. Uh, but that's coming soon. More news on that when when I actually have placed the order to get them printed. Um, that will benefit that will benefit the Lions Food Hub as ever, as the show does the advertising. Um, I just wanted to close us two things actually to close us, Neil, if I can. Um, my eye was caught is actually by Omar from the, the, that Millwall podcast. He mentioned the um, uh, a fixture from the past, the time we had to wear the Sheffield Wednesday away kit, which was in. 2013 we we must have fouled up our away kit um in 2013 yeah i think Wisdom put the wrong one on the (laughs) he's not the last person it's happened i yeah can you remember did coventry or somebody once wear millwall's away kit in the early 70s there's a famous one from the 60s where dave mckay and dyer derby county had to wear the Millwall away show. There's a picture of yeah, Dave McCoy, a famous of. name in the game. Spurs That's and so what on. I'm thinking of. That is Scott one. Yeah, of. and he's actually got, it's, it's a great photo. I love, I love, it's one of those great images. He's got like a portrait photo on the picture at Coldblow Lane wearing a Millwall shirt, um, away shirt. Um, but this one here is um, from 2013. It's great pictures. I mean, you forget these players. They like to dig out this, this the team list. Because you forget these people were ever involved in our club. There's Scott McDonald there. Um, we, we, it was a two-all draw, listeners. This is dated 24th of August, 2013. Um, so we've got Scott and Stephen Bywater in goal. Um, um, Sean Derry. Uh, <laughs> Richard Chapman. Lee Martin. <laughs> if you blink, you actually miss uh, Sean Derry's involvement. At the he was only there about six games. He, didn't he become manager at um, Notts County? Did he go? Yeah, to somewhere like that. I think he went into coaching. I think he had a. I think somebody made him an offer he couldn't refuse, which was yeah, which was to our uh, to our our blessing because I can't remember him doing anything. In no, I don't. He looked like he just rolled out of the, uh, the the hamburger bar around the back or something, you know. Uh, but <laughs> no, you forget these names. Andy Keogh, there's Danny Ungesson coming on for Sean Derry in the 70th minute. Um, this would have been under Lomas, I think, at that point. I think it was a Lomas. Lomas's better games, two-all draw. But also, just looking at the, the Sheffield Wednesday side there, Neil, I mean, there's, there's David Prutton, who's gone on to have a semi-career as a Sky TV's championship presenter. And another presenter. Another, in the sorts. Uh, also, Mike, Mikel, Michel Antonio, um, who's now playing for West Ham, of course, in European football, as I saw him last night. Um, but yeah, so there's just a just a shout out for that fixture. Good good call there by, by Omar. Um, I've forgotten the incident of the forgotten... Forgotten the way kit. Yeah, one um, of my favourite away days 
it was always a lovely away day, Sheffield Wednesday. A lovely ground, isn't it? It's one of the big grounds of the game. It's a wonderful place. Yeah. And it was an easy place to get to. The train was fairly good. Uh, yeah. Fairly quick train up there from from St Pancks. Uh, yeah. Tram takes you out there from Central Sheffield, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. The yeah the tram. Uh, they also do a wonderful hot pork stuffing and apple bat in Sheffield, which is actually wonderful oh. if you're a foodie. Okay. My abiding away memories of Sheffield Wednesday was we went up there and uh, it got a bit silly on the tram on the way back. Mm. And uh, a rookie policeman crying in our carriage. <laughs> and that is a true story. We, yeah, well, we almost had to tell. Yeah, well, in fact, we did. We told this uh, uh, rookie policeman who was absolutely bricking it not to. He's going to be a young, young boy, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, well, not to be frightened. He <laughs> was safe. He was with Millwall. <laughs> what an away story that is! I tell you. I've got nothing to match that. I was thinking of um, I went to the midweek game up there, and it was it's a lovely place, as you say. I can't match crying policemen, listeners, but I do remember Magai Gway. Do you remember him equalising in the last minute? I think it's on one of the it's when I was doing the podcast because I, um, I was I remember in, we were one nil down. It was about ninety five minutes, and Magai Gway, who was later criticised by Holloway for being overweight, but I quite liked him. I thought it was a good finish and. He scored a late, late, late equaliser up there, left you with that wonderful from Everton or somewhere, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Um, didn't he get? He, I think he struggled with his weight. I think he, he, he never seemed to quite make it as far it's as he should have done. My weight, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move along. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it there. But that was my memory. I can't match crying policeman. Um, shout out to the club. They've apparently Green Day, a band that you might know, Neil. Green Day. Um, apparently they were playing a secret gig in London last night, and the front man, Billy Billy Joe, uh, he was wearing a Millwall scarf. Apparently, so um, there we are. We're going to get with the kids. Hang with the kids. Your, your music still shit, even if you work. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I quite like the new, the hot new Stones sound with uh, with, with uh, Lady Gaga. Um, one last shout. Um, nice email from Martin June. I want to give you a big shout out out there in Washington State in the USA. Nice part of the world. I like it out there. He lives in Gig Harbor, Washington State near Seattle. He's a Millwall fan, um, expat obviously, but he listens to the show. Mentions. Um, uh, Harry Cripps testimony in 1972. Um, apparently, he's got his, his, his uh, wife is American, and uh, but he's got his father-in-law done up in Millwall stuff. Probably bought, hopefully, bought well from the club shop over there in the USA. Um, he went, gets him wearing Millwall stuff. So, uh, big shout out to, to to Martin G all the way from Gig Harbour in Washington State. Gig um, Harbour, what a name of somewhere to live. Where do you live? I live in Gig. I've, I've been to the. That's a lovely part of the world, actually. The National Park. I think it's called the Olympic National Park. It's fantastic out there. Um, it just gives you a little glimpse, Neil, into the global nature. I mean, obviously, a lot of our listenership is um, our ex- expatriate Millwall fans, but also we there are there is a real um, 
you know, layer of, of, of fans that are interested in the game here. I mean, it's, it, it comes back to what we've touched on in the show. We've got to make more of our ability to reach all parts of the world because um, that's the way the world is now. And it's just interesting when you get yeah, emails. Absolutely. It, and it just reminds you how small the world actually is. When no, absolutely. From Gig Harbour. Gig Harbour, Seattle, oh. Washington. Do keep in wherever you are in this world. It's, it's actually really. I find it fascinating because I'm still of an era where I still can't quite believe that we put a show out that is listened to in places like Gig Harbour. Um, it still quite amazes me each time. So let me give us an email: actongmill at gmail and send us wherever you are. In this world. Can you send us some pictures of Gig Harbour? I'm uh, yeah, but I want to know what this. There you go, Martin. You're listening, mate. Neil, what, what Gig Harbour looks like. Let's get let's get it on. Nice one. I think we've reached the end of a long agenda. There. That's one hour and they're just short of one hour, 15 minutes. I think it's time to wrap it up and go and have a cup of coffee and something to eat, I think. Neil, thank you for joining me, mate. I appreciate it. Yeah. It, oh. It's flown by. And I do know the answer to your question. Go on then. He's a he's a dec- most decorated Englishman in domestic foreign football. Never reached his potential for the English national side. He's from Liverpool, Real Madrid, Manchester City. Who is it, Neil? And he never realised his potential as an annoying co-commentator. <laughs> awful. I detest any time he's co-commentating. I groan. And there's two people that make me groan. One is Robbie Savage. Yeah. The other one, I believe, is Steve McManaman. Stevie Mac, you got him. If there was anyone hanging on that answer still after all of that, that <laughs> leading opening question, then the, then the diatribe at the end, I can't. Well, <laughs> I don't know what you've been doing with your football life, but anyway, yes, Stephen Mac. That's um, from punditgames.co.uk. Get the quiz game. Benefits the Lions Food Hub. Every so if you select the, uh, I think it's the Acton Mill drop down, and uh, the Lions Food Hub gets a little dropsy as a ideal Christmas present with Christmas. Isn't it just as well as as well as a selection of Neil Fistler's um, books? So that would be like a wonderful present. Yeah, well, be lazy. Buy the game. Buy the books. Buy the calendar. No effort. Christmas sorted. Christmas sorted. You're welcome. (laughs) Big thank you, Neil. Speak to you soon, mate. All the best. Thanks. Arriva Dirty Millwall. Bye for now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.